everybody. This is Paul Cyan, Realtor with United Real Estate, licensed in the state of Ohio and Kentucky. And with me today is a returning guest, Walt Wallet with Fifth Third Bank. He was with a different lender in the past, and now he's with Fifth Third. Walt, how are you doing today? I am fantastic today, Paul. We're out here at the uh, on my new piece of property that you helped me acquire, and uh, and I'm 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 excited to to do a podcast. It's been a while. Yeah, that's that's one of the reasons too that we decided to do this podcast is you know hey you're you're a lender, I'm the you know I've been through the process myself of buying my own house as a real real estate agent so I know how it is so let's we wanted to get the uh, perspective of a mortgage lender you know buying the house, so I guess let's just start from the very beginning what what's the first step that anybody has to do if they're they're interested in buying a house they skip you know leave out the the real estate agent. They know they want to buy a house, and they're going to talk to a lender at Fifth Third, and that happens to be you. So, what's their uh, what's their first step? So, for for my first step, and um, we talked a little bit before this about just being an active consumer, and we'll get more into that. But it really, it really, what I what I would tell people is that you need to do an honest debt analysis, and you honestly need to look at budgeting. Okay. You know? So you need to. When you're when you're buying a place, you need to you need to take in all what all those costs are, you know. So what are what are the costs that you know you have to pay every month? Is there you know do you have a forty dollar credit card bill that you pay every month? Your your cars, you know, your auto loans, whatever whatever you pay every month, and you need to you need to analyze that, um, just just so that way you're not wasting your time, right? So it's like the the first thing I would do is get is get pre qualified or talk to a lender. You know, and I'm an insider, so I, I kind of knew what I had to do. And what I did was be- before I got pre-qualified was paid off all you know paid off all my credit cards because I could, um, you know, just to make sure that when my credit was pulled, I had a, I had a score that was higher so that I could get the best rate and terms that are available. Um, so that that was that that was a, that was a big that was a big thing that I that I did. Uh, your credit score, a big part of it is is factored by credit utilization. So a lot of times people that are, are borderline approval, if they can get a, get added to a secured card or get added to you know another account, an authorized user account or pay down credit cards, um, you know say from 70% to below 50% utilization, then their score could shoot up and we can you know we can qualify them for, for, for what they really want to buy. Okay. So uh, that that's that I would say that would be the first step is always to just talk to different lenders and talk to different people. Don't go to one lender and, and just trust them. And like I wouldn't want anybody that I work with to just talk to me. I want them to do their own research, and I want them to know that I'm going to take care of them. Now, if they find someone else that maybe is promising them better numbers or whatever, you know, we I, I hope that we can talk about that, but. You know, at the end of the day, we have to we have to perform and do what's best for consumers. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, looking at that, going back to the the, the credit score, and, and you'd mentioned credit score affects your your interest rate, and you know, what let's do you have a breakdown basically of you know what what credit scores and how how much impact on your interest rate is? I mean, is it is it something easy to quantify, or is it a little more you know? computer oriented than that or computer algorithm oriented than that so this is another this is another question where it gets into every, every bank is going to be different on that account okay so you have the the agencies Fannie and Freddie right that that back these uh, that back these loans and securitize these loans 
and they set a lot a lot of what the fees and charges are on on those you know on those products okay. and, and those are built in to the actual interest rate and to the actual loan in a lot of cases so those are almost like base fees then right but then other people so you know what a lot of banks will do and um chase chase is an example is notorious for this but so say they don't want to they don't want a certain loan they still legally have to offer it but they'll raise the interest rate on that product so that they don't have to you know originate or service as many as of those loans so you know truthfully um you know certain certain companies will do that with government loans if they don't want you know they don't want to deal with the, the potential risk of having the the agencies force them to buy back those loans if there's any sort of auditing or documentation issues so they, they'll just set their their margins you know like or they set their rate really high um to try to dissuade people from applying and you're seeing that a lot with with refinances at, at some of the larger lenders now too just for the the same the same exact reason. Um, so, what, what do you tell us about some of the hiccups that you had happen to you uh, in your specific loan while you were trying to buy a house? So, I would say that I would say that any hiccups we had, Mike, who who helped who helped out who helped us out on this purchase, uh, did a did a great job with you know as soon as stuff came out of underwriting or as soon as underwriting came back with a message he would reach out to me and anything we needed we would get we did a good job together um me being an insider of documenting you know everything up front that we needed to so any letters of explanation and 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 any sort of thing like that i'd say that the biggest hiccup was probably especially right now with uh, covid was the appraiser okay so we were we had required a, a desktop appraisal on this purchase which is essentially a drive-by appraisal now typically you know in any other market a normal market i guess you might say you would have that appraiser reach out they would be reaching out to the selling agent so the agent would know oh okay the the appraiser has seen the property they're out here yeah they're physically walking the property right and um almost like a home inspection right and so that didn't happen with this purchase yeah i guess i think he pulled he might have pulled into the back you know uh, a little bit and checked out some of the buildings and and took off right um and then and then the appraisal came back luckily it was all good but i think one of the hiccups was just that 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 seller not knowing that the that the appraisal was done and that the seller's agent not knowing and that kind of elevated their um, anxiety, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I do remember talking with the seller's agent, basically, you know, Hey, when's the appraisal happening? And, you know, I asked, I did ask the agent, you know, did, did the appraisal call you and that kind of send up red flags on, on her part unintentionally because, you know, they wouldn't be contacting, uh, her, they would just be driving by, you know, looking at the back of the building or looking, walking the building, not really get, you know, looking to get inside the building. Right. But as far as just just hiccups now and, and generally on in, in this market with loans is uh, a big thing I, I talk to with my team and, and my manager all the time is just put, make, getting things in as clean and as clear as possible. You know, so what, what I, I think a lot of especially first time clients don't understand is you cannot tell me that your student loan payment is this when really it's this. And you cannot you cannot say that you make this much money when really you make this much money. And every little detail of that application is going to be verified and is going to be put through extreme due diligence. So with that said, you know, like where when where we run into problems or where any lender will run into problems is when the story changes. You know, so it's it's <clears throat> okay. We're calculating, 
you know, 40 hours a week for your income and then we get, you know, the verification of employment back and it's it's 32, you know, a week, um, even though your recent pay stubs stay, say 40, like we, you know, those kind of issues, I think everyone runs into and deals with. And it's just like, we have to have it perfect. You know, so if, if we're talking about homeowners insurance numbers up front, and this is what they are, and this is what, you know, this is what they need to be, then that's what it is, you know, so we can't, I guess we can't have, you know, radical changes in process or else you're going to have a loan that goes on forever and ever. Yeah. So making sure you, you know, you're dot your I's, cross your T's, making sure the information is, is a hundred percent correct. I mean, probably one of the best ways to do that is, you know, go on your own, pull your own credit report, make sure you see all your accounts kind of like you had mentioned in the beginning, take a look at all your debts and, and your assets as well. You know, make sure all your income is, properly documented, make sure all that's documented. And, you know, the numbers that you're reporting are what you're being, what it's being reported to the lender. That way it, uh, you know, it's a smoother process. Underwriting is going to have less, less questions and, you know, your, your loan will go through easier. Definitely. And one thing that I advise a lot of people too, is I like to have, if, if possible, if time permits, uh, have that credit conversation with the clients up front. So even, you know, two weeks before they're ready to shop or, you know, even months before, ideally, we talk about their credit. And that there was a there was a case recently with a, a friend of mine, a client who's a doctor, and he had mentioned, oh, I, you know, I have this collection from this utility and I, I don't know where it came from. And, you know, there's there's laws that debt collectors and that people have to follow. And a lot of times, you know, what we're seeing in the world, right, is with, with corruption and people not following rules and people not doing what they need to do. A lot of times you as a consumer, and you, you do, you have rights to dispute that and to, to, to go and try to clean up that information yourself. The, the, uh, the credit bureaus have legally every year have to send you a copy of your credit report if you request it. So, and, I, and I'd always advise people to do that, definitely. Yeah, take a look at it. You mentioned... Uh, fees earlier, we talked about a little bit about lenders' fees, and let's talk a little bit more. I mean, what we have your the base fees that the you know the these other like government sponsored entities, so so to speak, the Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, that they charge. What sort of extra fees are you know banks tacking onto the loan, and what are I guess what are some of the reasons for these fees? So every every loan requires people that work on it. So one thing is is that that I always say is. You know, I would advise consumers to, to, to look at different lenders and talk to different people. Now, I'll tell you right now that cheaper is definitely, definitely, definitely not always better. And a lot of times there are lenders out there that, you know, they're overpriced and they're at the top of the market and they know it. Um, and so I, I, I guess there's a, there's a huge discrepancy between fees in various programs and various lenders. And it's just a matter of going and, and asking those questions. Okay, what is, you know, why is the processing fee this? Why, you know, what's this underwriting fee? And then it's always okay to ask, well, hey, is there anything we can, you know, we can do about this? So in, in my case, um, when it comes to the, the, the fees or the stuff that I, that I had to pay for. So, you know, certain things that the bank paid for because I'm an employee, which is a great benefit to us. Um, you know, and help me help me, you know, save money as I bought this place. One thing that a lot of buyers don't think about is all those incidental fees. So every home inspection is four to five hundred dollars. Yes. You know, every um, you know, just just buying garbage cans out here was one hundred and fifty dollars. 
you know, so there's these, there's these costs that come up, you know, the wax still on the toilet stuff will come up and you just have to make sure that you have that budgeted in and that you're prepared for those expenses. And so like we, you know, a lot of times if there's multiple people living in a house and it's, it's one person on the loan, you know, like that's when I'll look at it and be like, okay, well, you know, really there's three people that are going to be living in this house, three people sharing expenses. It's different. Um, but those, those kind of loans are, are, are always more, more difficult, you know? So you really want to make sure that, um, you understand all the costs involved, especially if you're, you know, especially if your, your debt to income ratio is higher as it is because you have a lot more expenses. So, yeah. Yeah. We've been talking about those fees. I mean, it's almost an example is some of the, the car dealers, used car dealers, or even new car dealers. I mean, they'll, you know, the, you get through the negotiation process, you got, you got the price on the car and then you go talk to the finance, finance manager, quote unquote. And that's where they, you know, they start trying to tack in all these, you know, Hey, let me, let me throw this warranty on you. Let me throw, you know, non or, you know, payment protection in case you're disabled, can't pay. And so that's where they start packing in things, packing they're, they're basically fees, you know, they're fattening the, the bottom line of the, the car dealer, of course. And, you know, that's, that's part of their job, but you know, at the same time too, as, as consumers, our job is to look at that critically and say, you know, do I really need that fee? You know, do I need a, a, a no payment fee, you know, cause I'm disabled or I'm not currently working, but at the same time too, you know, turn around, look at your auto insurance or look at your homeowner's insurance. Are they providing some similar coverage that, you know, that you would need or, you know, wouldn't, would avoid it. At least in that case, in the autos, auto uh, example, it's not so, you know, clear cut. You'd always don't have that type of thing. You know, your homeowner's insurance not necessarily going to cover you. You know, if you can't you can't pay the mortgage, but there might be other some other benefit or some other protection. You know, your employer might be offering something for you too. That you know, why pay the extra fee to the lender? You know, when it's saving you money and they're just trying to pad their their bottom line versus uh, you know you trying to save your dollar and you know it's a long term purchase. You're investing for you know 20, 30 years more more cost the more the higher the interest rate i mean the, the more you're paying over time definitely and that's why it's so it's so important up front to you know you have you have power as a consumer you know like and and lenders you know if, if any lender doesn't you know doesn't want to be competitive that's that's a red flag probably yeah you know so uh especially with with us and the bigger banks you know we we have, you know, we, we did until, you know, kind of some of the, you know, the, the new fee with Fannie and Freddie for refinances, um, kind of cut into our margins a little bit, but you know, we're, we're, we're willing to, to do, you know, we're willing to do what, whatever we can do to, to, to win business, you know, but at the same time we have to pay people a, a fair wage and we employ Americans, you know, so that's, that's, that's the, you know, that can, can be a difference, right? Yeah. But it's just a matter of like weighing, weighing out things, you know, different, you know, this, this lender might have the best deal, but they might take a really long time to get it done. You know, this lender, they're, they're really fast, but they're very expensive, you know, and what's the, what's the trade off. And so, you know, it's always good to, to talk to multiple people about that, to gain a, a broader understanding for yourself. And how are they keeping those fees? I mean, I'm presuming you need to get a credit report run, right? Okay. And then how, how big of an impact is that, you know, you're getting multiple credit reports. Let's say I talk to three, four lenders and I say, okay, go ahead, run, run my credit. If I, you know, if I do it over the same day or a couple of months, is it, is it a big difference? 
So as as far as a um, as far as a hit on the credit report, yes, it's it's thirty days. So okay. you're allowed. What sends a red flag to the to the bureaus is when you shop for a bunch of different things. So say that when I was buying this house, I also had my credit pulled for a car, and I had my credit pulled for a tractor, and I and I did all this financing stuff. Well, my credit score would just start to tank because it's because the way the agencies that their algorithms are reading that is this person doesn't have any cash, right? They're they're financing everything. You know, here's another yeah. credit card inquiry. So it's all within that 30 day window. So you legally, you get your credit pulled once with a lender and then you have 30 days and you could have the credit pulled so long as it's a mortgage inquiry and not any sort of general finance inquiry. And it's how they're coded to the, to the actual credit providers, right? But so long as it's a mortgage inquiry, it only, it's only gonna count as one hard inquiry. So you, you're, 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 the, the, the credit agencies, they don't wanna dissuade people from shopping for mortgages because we need to have a fair, you know, a fair and ethical mortgage market. Um, and, 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 it, it, and it is, you know, it, 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 it's definitely better than at what I've heard about you know, from, from some of the people I work with in, in before 2008. Right. But, yeah. um, but yeah, yeah. So comparison, comparison shopping is a, it can be a big saver. I mean, you're making, you know, thousands upon thousands over the, the life of the loan. Definitely. Going back, uh, now going back to your own personal experience, looking, you know, we hindsight is 2020 looking back at the whole process. Is there something you think you could have done better that, you know, would be good advice for somebody else? Yeah, I, I, I think I, um, I think I, I probably, I probably should have paid off all my, all my debts sooner. Okay. You know, so that was, that was one thing is I, I really, um, when you say sooner, how, how, how much sooner and in, in, say prior to applying the loan, how much quicker should you have done that? So just as an example, I had a, there, there's a company, there's a rental verification company and I, I paid them a fee to add to add my rental trade lines to my credit report. Okay. And those were not added before my credit report was pulled. So just like things like that that I had done to strengthen my credit profile and my score, they weren't reported right. Okay. And then I I paid off all my cards like I said, but some of them were were still reporting balances when we pulled. Yeah. So it was kind of like it might you, take 30 to 60 days for some companies to report that. Exactly. And so, and here's what I found out is that you, most companies will offer what's called off cycle reporting. So you can call them like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to get my credit pulled for, you know, this investment property loan. And I just paid off this credit card. I'd like it to report. And so some of them were honest with me and they're like, Oh, well, yeah, we can report. And they did. And others said they did, but they didn't. Okay. And it's just a nature of, you know, the nature of it. So I would, I would say a lot of that stuff, I would, I would just, you know, I would just get it get, get it done as soon as possible. If you know, you know, if you know that that's going to happen, like I had my, I had my credit pull twice for this home purchase, um, because the original credit report expired. Right. Um, and I, I did that in February. Okay. You know, so I knew in February, like, okay, that's what my actual score is. And then I used that credit report to attack the, you know, some of the balances and anything, any of the derogatories that were keeping my score uh, lower than where, where 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 I wanted it to be. Okay. So. All great advice and all uh, great conversation. So I appreciate you taking the time to be on this podcast with me. Any final thoughts? Um, I uh, I just I just say everyone you know stay safe out there. 
And, um, you know, it's just like with, with what we're talking about with, with lenders, you know, and with getting different opinions and different perspectives in the world right now, that is what I would advise everyone to do. You know, so a lot of people, they're used to watching CNN, they're used to watching Fox News, they get their perspectives and their opinions, you know, from this one place. And I think that, you know, especially right now, as, as you know, things are kind of, you know, getting getting a little crazy up in the air right we need to we need to all kind of like you know realize that that everyone's a person and that you know people are people and that we we just we we have to we have to do a better job working together we have to hold our leaders accountable in this country we're in this together basically right yeah you know and then and then that's that's all i that's that's all i would say to people is you know just and especially if you're working with mortgage lenders right now, we're all, you know, we're all stressed out and we're, we're swamped and, you know, you're, I promise you, you're not the only client, you know? So it's like, you know, just, just be patient with people. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that, that, you know, behind the scenes that work on these loans and your, your loan originator uh, is going to do their best for you. But, you know, a lot of times things, you know, things happen, unfortunately, and, you know, you just need to take it as a learning experience and 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 uh, move forward. And I think that's what our our country needs to do with uh, a lot of this craziness right now. Yeah, wholeheartedly agree. And awesome advice. Thanks again for being on. Awesome. Thank you, Paul.